right, so welcome to Unsigned 518. I'm here with Reese Fulmer of Reese Fulmer and the Carriage House Band. How's it going? Hello. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and it's one of those things, you know, and I mention it all the time on the show, like there's a lot, you know, because everybody's busy and, and everybody's schedules are, are so wonky. I'm like, we've we've talked about doing this for several months, I, I believe. Well, actually, I think it's been just over a year since ah. we first mentioned it, because we I remember that we ran into each other backstage of Nipperfest last oh, summer. Oh, you're right. And there was a brief, there was, you know, I think we recognized each other. And it was mentioned, right? And that was so. That was July yeah, of so, last year, so more so than been, more it, than a year. Yeah, but it's finally happening. Yes. You know, so yes, um, I'm I'm very excited because it happens all the time where, you know, there's guests that I'm excited for, and it just takes a long time for schedules to mesh up. Mm-hmm. And so I'm happy that it has happened. Well, I feel like I have a lot more to talk about now. So right, yeah, you've got a whole a, year. You've got a ton to talk yeah. about. You know, and I'm yeah. hopefully when you come back next yeah. time, you'll have more to talk about. That's right. Um, but I guess, like we said before we got rolling, is essentially we want to kind of go back, you know, and tell the story of how, you know, not, you don't have to get into super detail, but kind mm-hmm. of how music has helped shape who you are and brought you to kind of where you are now. And uh, I guess, you know, you could even where you want it to take you kind of thing. But uh, yeah. so I guess go back and, and to where at whatever point in the Reese Fulmer story sure. that you want to start. And, yeah. Well, so I, I would say, you know, I, I'll, I'd tell this to anybody that asks, but I look at myself, um, it's it's not even like a late bloomer, it's like a late planter, like a late <laughs> a late sprouter. Um, but, I you know, I had dabbled with uh, instruments in elementary, middle, high school, um, but I never really took it seriously. It never, it never grabbed me. It never felt like a part of me. Um, and then it took until after college, um, when I started working at Cafe Lena, uh, that I first experienced music, uh, you know, taking a part of me and not letting go. Um, and, and so I feel like that's really where the story starts. I think that, um, I don't know, it, it, it could be seen differently, you know, everything adds up. But it, that's where I really feel like it turned a corner, at least. Um, and so in the that was the fall of uh, like September, October 2018, when I started working at Cafe Lena. Um, I picked up a guitar for the first time a, a couple months after that um, and started writing songs almost immediately. Wow. So it was like it was a matter of being completely immersed like five nights a week, seeing people performing their own stuff, seeing our open mic every week where people, you know, not professionals, but just people in the community would come in and share stuff that they were writing. And it wasn't, that wasn't a concept to me before that, you know, like I didn't have the listening room. Uh, I, I didn't know what a listening room was growing up. I, I didn't see music in that setting. I didn't, I didn't go to open mics. I didn't know. I didn't know what that was. Um, And so, uh, yeah, my time at Lena's really sort of opened my eyes and and changed my relationship to music. And, um, yeah, when I picked up a guitar, it just started flowing. Like, it it really did. I don't know what it was. um, I think it's uh, uh, Cafe Lena osmosis, just like, you know, being being there in that environment and having it, like you said, five days a week. It's really amazing. You have to just be like, absorb, whether you know it or not, you're just absorbing it. It, You're just absorbing it. And then it started to come back out. And, uh, 
and and I guess from that point, it's been a pretty clear path for me. Um, I guess it it took me a little while to realize that this was something that I wanted to do, you know, full time. Like that, I wanted to just be a performing artist. Um, and I think it also took uh, it it took. Um, just having the experience of people receiving my songs and, and, uh, you know, letting me know that, that it was, that they enjoyed it. Like, you know, that was a new experience for me as well. Uh, and, and so having, you know, having again, the open mics and, and just getting able, being able to get out and play some small stages, um, some background music sets where it was like a little bit less pressure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm no stranger to those. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, They're you nice. know, <laughs> so I had, I had all of that, you know, sort of in the first year and, uh, and, and it, you know, it, it's kind of uh, in a small way uh, taken off since there, since then. Like it's solidified for me. I mean, like it's now. There's no doubt in my mind about what I want to do, and and it's you know that's a new thing for me. There's always been doubt, <laughs> and so music has brought me a certain uh, a certainty, which is which is which feels really good. I think that's just a, a, such an interesting, um, I guess, path because, like, I would have assumed, and like as we were talking before we got rolling, you know, it's like if you want to go back to like when you were a kid and first picked up, like I yeah. literally would have just assumed that you were someone that's been playing songs your entire life, and you know that you were going to be like, well, I wrote my first song when I was seven, you know, like on, a, you know, yeah. like you have that like just like the the quality of the songs that you're writing are like it just surprised the shit out of me to hear 2018 you picked up the guitar you know it was like that's uh, that's amazing to me to have just that recently picked up a guitar that recently started writing your own songs and have the songs be at the level that they are it's amazing to me i i think that uh yeah, a lot of it does come down to the to the um, just sort of intensive uh, listening room education that I got, mm-hmm. and and uh, like especially, um, I think it's a different sort of a, absorbing that that you do when it's full shows every time. It's it's uh, you know everybody's paying close attention to the music every time, and and I got to hear not just the songs but I got to hear the artists talk about their influences I got to hear the artists talk about like how they felt about their music right. and and introduce every song and so it was this really uh holistic sort of uh experience that I got and and I was ready for it and right. I think that was the thing like I had been looking for a direction in my life I had been you know not connecting with anything and I was so ready to find that thing and uh, and then I was thrown into this experience, and I was just like that. You know, this is it. Like this is this is exactly what I want. Right. So. And like even the uh, Cafe Lena open mics. You know, like when people hear open mic, a lot of the times, like you know, people that aren't musicians and haven't done the open mics, they always think of like, oh yeah, that's like, you know, no nobody doing anything. Like, right. But the Cafe Lena open mic is it's really you know special. What I mean? it's, yeah. It's like yeah. that that next level where. Even just being around that, if you were around that every week, because that is not only super, super talented people, but it's super talented people working out their craft. Right. So, like, you get to see kind of like that, like, 
beginning stages for of sure. the next level. You know? Yeah, and, and I think it was really important for me to be able to see that, too, because it, it felt like uh, a path forward. Right. You know, like if I had just seen the polished professional people side, at the top, it would have like, been inaccessible. get there? You yeah, know, like, exactly. Yeah. But then also seeing the open mic side, uh, there were some folks that I really respected and, you know, I had seen them play the the stuff that was that had been worked out already. Right. But to come in and see them play the stuff that they were like, you know, I wrote this last week. I might forget the words. I don't really know what it's called yet, but I'm going to try it. Right. And and to, you know, the the Lena's open mic really holds a nice uh, respectful space for that. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think it was really important to have that. And like the difference, like, you know, you, you keep referring to the listening room, like for people that don't know, like it's a different, you know, cause sometimes when you go out to a show and especially like, you know, my band's a you know pop punk band, like people are loud and talking to each other and it's usually in an open space and like, mm-hmm. um, and so we're just like, you know, as long as their heads are bopping while they're talking, we don't care, you know, yeah. but like a listening room, like, is like pin drop quiet and everybody's looking at the musician and absorb is that like I almost find comfort in the fact yeah. that when you look out you see a certain amount of people that are just talking and not paid like sure. is it more nerve wracking to just be like every I hear that eye from a lot of people. Is on me you know? I, I hear it from a lot of people and I think in some ways it is because um you know in in a listening room that what I see is uh it's the audience has already given their attention, you know, like I think in, in some settings it's on you to grab attention and keep it. And, and there's a certain level of, um, uh, you know, people can have a good time in the setting that you're talking about. People can have a good time and really be fans of the band that's playing even while they're having sort of this separate experience yes. of drinking and, you know, ha- like enjoying their time with their friends. Yeah. And that's, that's totally valid. Um, it, but in a listening room, it's, it's just centered on the stage. The attention is centered on the stage and it's, um, you know, it's about what the artist can do with that full attention in the moment. Right. And, and I think that, um, in some, uh, I, I think, it is sort of intimidating sometimes, um, but I'm lucky in that that's how I learned. Like, right. that's the only place that I learned for a while. It took me a while to get out and play. It was kind of jarring for me, honestly, to get out and play. I think the first one was, like, in at Saratoga. I played a set, and I was like, wow, no one's listening. Uh, like, this is, I could do whatever I want <laughs> right, right now, right. you know? But like I said, there is kind of that comfort in that, yeah. where you're just like, oh, like, you know, they hear the music. Yeah. Like, they, you know, and it, even if I see a toe tapping or someone just like sure. moving, I'm like, that's enough. That's enough. Yeah. Like, I don't need, because we played, and I, I know you've played The Depot sure. um, in Cambridge, and yep. Dave's a friend of the band. He's He helped us in the beginning. He's a personal friend of mine, and what when we first played there, it was our first gig ever as a five-piece and that's where we played. Mm-hmm. And like Ryan, our guitar player, hadn't played a gig in twenty years. Yeah. Wow. Like he was you know, and I was yeah. just like, Yeah, they're probably not all gonna be this nerve wracking. Cause like there right. it's like everybody it's, is like when the music when the music starts, yeah. everybody stops talking, everybody's looking at you, everybody's what you can't like you can't make you can't hide and then like just be like i got that yeah there's really there's there's nowhere there's nowhere else to be um and i think well so what you were saying about um you know 
the the fact that um I guess the and what I think most people would say about my music is it feels sort of um more fully developed than than it should at this point like it's there's a, there's a, a lot of time that's sort of been jammed into a small amount a small amount of space um but I think that listening room element is the key and and uh it's been all always very lyric focused for me from the jump like uh it's almost always the lyrics that come first for me. Um, typically, I write as poetry. That's 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 usually how I write songs. I write songs first as poetry, and then I find where the song can come out of that. Um, and it it's it's sometimes uh, it's sometimes a balance. You know, a lot of time I'm hearing melody as I write, or I'm you know expanding on uh, the lines that are coming to me where I think it might kind of bend to fit into a song um but it's always been about like if i have everybody's attention what am i going to say to them like how am i going to hold that space and then uh from there it expanded into like a a whole band you know bringing a different sound to those songs that's a that's a cool way i mean because i you know our band we write the music the lyrics usually come last yeah and for me i'm always just like I, you know, my lyrics might not make sense to people. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. they just sound like, and I'm like the only one that knows what they mean. And I'm yeah. like, and that's kind of fun. Well, to be I, like, and I, I love it. You know, that's it, it, there's so many different ways to go about it, and and it it makes so much sense to me um, that that that's the way that you approach it. It's very energy based. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's about 100%. how what, how you make people feel, and and with mine, uh, it's very story based. You right. know, it's like how I take someone from point A to point B, like through this. How do I take them on a journey through the song in terms of what they're really listening to? Right, and yeah. I mean that makes total sense with like you said the listening room aspect of it because you're just like you've got everybody. You have to. You have to do something. You got to do, you gotta do yeah. something with it, or or you're going to lose people. And mm-hmm. so, I think it's a like I said, very interesting how it all like it's almost like powder keg style, where like you know it was all leading up to that, and then when you picked up the guitar, you're like, ah, yeah, got it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. I, yeah. I had I had it building up for the past whatever, but yeah. Um. So I guess speaking of music, you brought along your guitar. Yep. Uh, we were saying that you're going to do a song live in the studio here, and then we we're going to play a song um, from a live album, and that'll be full band, correct? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, cool. So, um, what are you going to play first? I guess. So, uh, I thought I would play a tune. Um, it's a it's a song which is on the live album. So, there's a full band version that you can listen to. Um, but it's it's a song where I felt like I turned a corner in the writing of it. Um, and uh, I felt like I was somewhat able to step outside myself, uh, which I had been looking for that for a while. And, and I felt like, um, you know, in, in all of the shows that I saw at Lena's, um, a particular element that I was really drawn to was uh, the really high-level songwriter's ability to um, just observe from the outside and and inhabit, you know, whatever story or character they're trying to portray to the audience. Um, but, you know, it's not like they're talking about 
their own personal experiences talking it's it's inhabiting something and trying to communicate that feeling to the audience and um it's really hard <laughs> it's it's <laughs> it's hard to do that and and i had tried and failed a bunch of times i i had been like looking for it and and wasn't happy with what i had done for a while um and and when i wrote this song uh i felt like i turned a corner with that and then i got much more comfortable with uh with doing that from there so i thought i would do that i felt like it was fitting with what i expected to talk about today um and uh yeah so it, it's a song um i wrote it uh i i won't get too much into it um but I grew up in a place called Gloucester, Massachusetts. It's right on the ocean. It's a very old, uh, it's a historic fishing village. Uh, there's, my family's not in the fishing industry, but I grew up adjacent to it. And my dad is a, um, a, a, re- a researcher. He's a, he's a um, ergonomist, which is occupational health. So he works with workplace injuries and stuff like that. And he worked on like the big dig in Boston. Like they did that whole, that the, the bridge with the, you know, the, the whatever poles, poles coming out of it. It's right next to the TD garden. Um, So he worked on that for years. And then he worked for years with the lobster fishing industry out of Maine and Massachusetts and, and their uh, workplace injuries and uh, the chronic pain that they deal with. And a lot of that is, treated with opioids and uh there's not a lot of support for them after um it's just sort of you know chronic pain here's a whole bunch of pills to make it better and uh and and you know a lot of time there's dependence and and it gets much worse from there um and uh, so I had assisted him like creating some videos around the work that he was doing, but I heard all these stories and, um, and, and so that those stories were initially what brought me to the story that you'll hear in the song. Um, it was fleshed out a little bit past that and, and, uh, into more of like an apocalyptic setting where it's like, you know, the world is going to end, but nothing matters that was sort of the feeling which I felt like was reflective of, you know, the opioid dependence, like, you know, just make the pain go away. Um, or not even go away, just hide it. Yeah. Just hide it. Right. Um, and, and just kind of a numb feeling. And so that, that, that was a feeling that I sort of brought to the song and tried to inhabit, um, in the story that I told. And, uh, and it, and it, uh, ended up in a song called city of roses, which I will play for you now. All right, cool. So uh, Reese is going to grab his guitar and play uh, City of Roses, and then we'll be right back to talk some more with Reese Fulmer. I used to dance around a candlestick flame in the darkness black skies And I grew from a seed that was soaked in the blood of my likeness To a ghost in the alleyway watching my childhood die And I 
fell in love with a tourniquet girl in the city I found a rosary broken and laid at her feet And I prayed for the end of my suffering, greed and self-pity To a guy that lay twisted and motionless down on the street Loud, loud noise and a bright light We thought to ourselves in the back of our minds What a beautiful dream it is we leave behind And oh child, isn't it just like they told us Watching the colors collide All in an instant it's over just close your tired eyes Picture a city of roses A blooming skyline Through a marigold sky by the ocean I used to ring from the steeple of rhythm and rhyme And I grew from a waterfall Pulled by my own inner motion To a cliff by the harbor side Cut by the passing of time Loud, loud noise and a bright light We thought to ourselves in the back of our minds What a beautiful dream it is we leave behind What a beautiful dream it is we leave All right, that was City of Roses, uh, Reese Fulmer, live in the Dazzle Den. And um, so, you know, you're, you're doing that solo acoustic here, obviously, but on the live album where that appears, that's with the full band. And I guess let's talk a little bit about the Carriage House Band. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah. That's like my favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the live album actually has uh, four different lineups of the Carriage House Band. Um, four different... It, it pulls from four shows uh, from Capital Region venues. It's got uh, the Jive Hive in Albany, nice. which is a fantastic... I know you guys have been over there. Yep. Um, it's a it's an awesome little uh, studio space. Um, it's got uh, the Hanger on the Hudson in Troy, uh, Park Theater in Glens Falls and Cafe Lena nice. in Saratoga Springs. So I, I, I thought it was a very cool uh, representation of um, Capital Region spaces Absolutely. as well as uh, a, a nice representation of the full range of what the band can be, um, which is which is pretty versatile overall. Yeah. 
So you say four iterations of the band. Yes. So is the band a rotating cast of characters? It is indeed. Yeah. Um, I I I don't think that apart from um, you know like a few multi day runs that we've done. Um, it's almost never been the same lineup, like one show to the next. It it's very dynamic. That's awesome. And yeah. like you know, I mean, I know there's like obviously lots of other music scenes in the country, but one of the things that I've found that I, you know, and I've not done a lot of local. I was in radio, and you know, I would pay attention to more like national bands in the scenes or whatever. But one thing I found here is that people can have just a rotating cast of like super top notch musicians <laughs> and like. That's not something that you find in a lot of places because everybody's doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. And is that I mean, is that something that you find easier to just know that you have a band at your disposal that'll that'll jump on board? Like, yeah, initially it started out with, um, you know, the first players I I had in my lineup were uh, Chris Carey on drums, James Gascoigne on bass and Andy Arnold on electric guitar. And they're super busy all the time and for good reason and uh, james just played with angelina yeah uh, a couple weeks you know a couple weeks he's the best i i mean and and uh so i early on it was definitely a a a concept you know it was a reality for me that i would need to probably call on a few other folks to to make gigs work and um i just decided to lean into it and make it a feature of the band rather than, you know, something that I had to fall back on. Right. And it's really, you know, I think everybody's really responded to it. It's it's felt really good. Yeah, and it is just, you know, such a cool thing to, to like, have all these musicians that all know each other. And, like, you know, we were saying, like, Josh Morris mm-hmm. is b- possibly breaking down the door at any minute now. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. He's next on the podcast, and I gave him instructions to, quote-unquote, crash Reese's episode. Yeah. So, uh, But, like, everybody knows each other, and mm-hmm. everybody is... Like, I think when working with musicians, it's less about technical skill and more about personal, you know, you could have two really amazing musicians that may not work well together and you're not going to get the same thing as amazing musicians that know each other and you know yeah well i mean i i do think that that's true i i have introduced a bunch of my players to each other right so it's there there have been introductions that have been made through the carriage house band and i think that uh what i look for in in players is the the most important you know quality in that setting where it's a rotating cast where you know you never really know what the arrangement is going to turn into you never know who's taking the next solo is it's really about listening and it's about open-mindedness as a player and um what i've experienced in this band setting is that it's really fun for players that that uh see themselves that way as like you know uh versatile and and you know they want to get on stage and listen to everybody else they don't want to just get on there get in there and impose themselves on whatever's happening um it's really fun for them to have this rotating cast because it's new every time you know, it's it, they, it's not like they can settle into something that's right. expected. And know what, what yeah. this guy's going to do yeah. like this, you know, at this point. So know. they have to respond, you know, like uh, they have to come in and where last gig they were hearing drums and keyboard and sax behind it. Maybe there's mandolin and fiddle and an upright bass. Oh, so, I know? mean, you even will fill in 
different instruments. Oh yeah, like, all the time. That's wild. Yeah, too. that's, that's a, really that's fun. a totally <laughs> new concept. <laughs> yeah. Like. Yep. So this is the, it's like the plot thickens. Yeah, it's like wow. Yeah. So it's, that and that's what you hear on the live album. So um, there's the the hanger show uh, was a five piece, no drums. We had cello. Uh, mandolin, electric guitar, bass. Um, the uh, the uh, jive hive was also no drums. It had a, my f- a fiddle player on there. Um, the park theater was uh, keyboard, mandolin, electric guitar with nice. drums. And then uh, Cafe Lena had Connor on on sax on that one, keyboard and electric guitar. Um, so it's it's way. Uh, it's all over the place. And I mean, do you like kind of keep, um, uh, I guess, like in your head, like what instruments you want for each show? Or is it kind of like a who's available? Let's work. Let's compose something based on, on what instruments you're going to have. I would say I start out with uh, like what I think would really fit where I'm going. Okay. That's, you know, I, I think about... Um, how I can fit a space first, and then I'll you know it always does have to come down to who's available. Right. Um, but yeah, I I think it's a balance of all of that, and you know maybe I did a six piece band, a six piece lineup for the show before. You know I have that set up if I'm planning my schedule. Let's change it up. Right. You know, let's bring a couple other players and not like. I love playing with all of the people that are in the lineup, you know, that, that have played with me. So I want to make sure that I don't go too long without getting one of them. Right. There. That's true. And do you ever do any gigs with like all of them? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't yet. Although I, I, it was floated. So I did two nights at the jive hive in last December and two separate six piece. Well, one, one ended up being a five piece. One, one of them got sick, but, um, we did talk about like doing a full like 10, right. 11 piece amazing. thing. Because <laughs> uh, it's all, you know, it would work. There's all these different right. instruments. So um, it's just, it it hasn't really, uh, part of it also comes down to like what I'm getting paid per right. gig. Like what <laughs> right. I can, you know, doing a 12 how, how piece band. How many ways you can split it? Yeah, yeah, a 12 piece band is all right, a little bit hard to here's 32 cents for you. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to. I would love to do that. But so far, six is the most I've had on a gig. Yeah. Um, Well, I guess, like you said, you have the live album. There's four iterations of the band in four different venues um, all throughout the 518. So, you know, we'll play a track off the album, but I definitely suggest that people uh, look it up and listen to the whole thing. Yeah. You know, to get like the full spectrum, because like you said, you know, from one song to the next, there's different different instruments. It's basically different uh, kind of bands. Yeah. So and I'll link um, on the Nippertown page. I'll link everything so cool. people could just click and find. There's, stuff. there's I, one other thing I feel like I should mention because sure. it's, I, it's usually very unexpected for people when they hear it, um, which is that we're definitely grounded in sort of an Americana sound. I think you know I'm on acoustic guitar on all of the gigs. That's a constant. Right. Um, but there's a there's a, a something we've started doing, which is a conducted improv piece. Um, which is different every time it's uh, I put my guitar down and I call hand signals. So it's, there's a language that I've, that I, I learned from my high school jazz ensemble teacher <laughs> uh, that I've now taught to the players in my band. 
and uh, so that's a completely improvised piece start to finish. I call, you know, uh, sort of gently conduct change direction, stuff like that. I can call things like volume and tempo and uh, solos, and, you know, I can tell someone to change what they're doing, um, all sorts of little stuff like that. And then it's based on everybody listening to each other and building a piece sort of as a whole group. And that's like really a, a Reese Fulmer and the Carriage House Band uh, presentation. Right. It's so it's uh, I felt like I should preface that if people listen to the full album, there's two uh, improvised pieces on there with different lineups. And it's a very visual thing at a show. So uh, the more I can give people context, if they're listening just <laughs> just to the recorded version, uh, the better. It's like it it's it's very uh, it takes unexpected turns in in a way that you wouldn't normally hear with just a jam right. or something or like an that. Improvi- yeah. Improvised, yeah. Know. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, is that what we're gonna listen to now? Uh, no. I <laughs> <laughs> I I think I I considered it, but I think that that would give people. It, too much of a different idea of what we're about. That's like one piece. Well, in you know, that's show. good because that'll just yeah. make them have to go seek yeah, it out. You got to go watch because they can watch your drive hive. Not the full thing. Yeah, no. I've I've put a, a couple. Uh, I've put a couple uh, individual videos on my YouTube cool. channel oh. from the drive hive shows. Um, I have not published a video yet of the improv pieces, but I do have one in the bag from the Cafe Lena show. Um, and I'm planning to put that up at some point soon. Cool. So well, see, that's just another reason yeah. for people to follow your there's, YouTube There's page, a clip on my Instagram coming. from uh, one of our Mile of Music sets, nice. which which gives a nice like side stage view of, of part of one of our pieces there. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so what are we going to hear now? Then? Um, I thought I would... Uh, have have you play um the song that sort of inspired the title of the live album um the live album is called live at just the right time and uh the song is 3 a.m which has a lyric in there that sort of alludes to that feeling okay cool so let's listen to uh 3 a.m from reese fulmer and the carriage house band and then we'll be right back to wrap it up with reese Watching my reflection on a small screen Sometimes I'm awake 
for all the bad dreams Always getting older at the same speed Snow going out for methylphenicillamine Maybe I can do it all again Sleep is gonna bring me all my self-esteem Guess I'm back and thinking that All right, so that was 3 a.m. Reese Fulmer and the Carriage House Band. And Reese, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day to, to come out here to the uh, to the aptly named Dazzle Den and uh, spend yes. a little time with me. And before we go, um, like I do with all my guests, I want to give you a chance to say what I refer to as your gratitude. So uh, microphone is all yours. All right. Well, first of all, thank you, Andy. You're welcome. Um, it's, I think this is a beautiful series that you have going on here. Um, and uh, I love the collaboration with uh, Nipper Town with Jim Gilbert. Um, he's definitely part of my, uh, my gratitude, uh, 
my gratitude section. Mine too. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I and and you know, I I thought uh, I I do think that this is going to be a little bit stream of consciousness here. Uh, I didn't I didn't come prepared with a list, but there are a lot of people. But I but I feel like that's a good place to start because. Um, something that I think you'll resonate with is uh, one of the one of the things I think is very special about the scene we have here is that um, it's not just the players that care but there are a lot of people that are uh, that hold um, you know positions uh, within the industry you know the the industry uh, the 518 music industry as yeah. it as it stands. Um, that have their heart in the right place and really just care about uh, helping artists bring their work to people and like just that simple connection. Um, and they care about uh, just you know helping artists do that. And and Jim's definitely one of those people. Um, I would look to uh, Chris Wink, uh, W E X T, as one of the first people that um, saw me like during the pandemic. It was like. Uh, one of the first times I ever shared my music with people was not even on stage. I just started sharing a series of videos on Facebook, uh, not with the idea of like being a professional artist at all. Just like, Hey, I just shut up here in my house, like going to Lena's for our live streams. But otherwise, like I'm not seeing anybody. I've been working on my music. We like, what do you, what do my friends think? And right. just posting it on Facebook. And he was one of the people that saw that and was like, Hey, you like, why don't you do a live thing on EXT? Um, so that was, yeah. Shout out to Chris Wink, all the people at WEXT. Um, and yeah, so I, I think that we're blessed with a, a, a structure that is not just wholesome on the artist level, but extends beyond that. And, and it's really, it's cool to see all of that work together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I owe a tremendous amount to the players in the Carriage House Band. Um, there's uh, close to 20 people that have played with me at this point. Um, and uh, I, yeah, there's just a lot of names. <laughs> there's a lot of names to remember. Um, I, I, I'll give a shout out to the folks that are on the live album. Um, the, the tune that you just listened to 3am, um, features James Gascoigne on bass, uh, Jimmy Woodle on electric guitar, Chris Blaniars on mandolin and Sarah Milanovic on, uh, not Sarah. No, that's the jive hive show. Uh, Katie Weissman on cello. So Katie is from Buffalo. Um, she's the only person in the, uh, carriage house band lineup, which is a little bit outside of 518. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, uh, definitely has, uh, you know, the same mindset that, that we've just talked about. And, uh, I hope to introduce her quite a bit more to this cool. scene. Um, Chris Blaniars is a, a transplant from the Boston scene, plays in a band called Honeysuckle. Um, but the rest of the live album features, uh, Chris Carey on drums, Connor Dunn on saxophone, JP Hubs on keyboard, uh, Sarah Milanovic on fiddle, Bobby Kendall on upright bass. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, I mean, and further than that, uh, 
Andy Arnold is, plays with me a lot on electric guitar. Um, Paul Gay has played drums. Joe Woodle has played drums with me. Um, Orion Cribs has played mandolin. Dustin DeLuke has played uh, keyboard with me. Connor Armbruster has played fiddle with me. Julia Alsaraf has played bass with me. Um, and uh, Matt Griffin has played... <sighs> bass and drums Matteo Visconian sat in with drum on drums with us at mile um I think I think I'm close there I think yeah, that's like I think you've hit everybody there hit all the five all-stars <laughs> no, I'm yeah. like I'm like wow uh, I recognize every single one yeah. of those names um <laughs> I and I'm I'm so I'm really really lucky to to have those people in my corner yeah um and and it's it's motivated me so much to have those people on stage with me and to to hear them like respond to my writing and just have a good time playing on it uh i it's myself as a performer and band leader and songwriter i've really come a long way just just because they've uh you know given me that um uh, assurance, you know, reassurance, I guess, um, that what I'm doing is good. They want to hear more of it. They want to continue playing with right. me. Um, and I think, yeah, more, more than anything, I owe a lot to the players that have been with me in the carriage house band. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, there's, there's a lot of other people that I think, uh, have helped me move forward, um, in, in this, in this area. Um, and, you know, I, I would give a shout out, uh, especially to, um, uh, a couple people that have been with me at Cafe Lena for a while, uh, Carolyn Shapiro, who's not at Cafe Lena anymore, but really kind of, uh, uh, developed musically in parallel, uh, during our time working together at Lena's and then my boss, Sarah Craig at Lena's, who's also kind of seen that happen and been flexible with me right um you know my role up to last may may 2022 was full-time house manager like working through the weekends at night which is not ideal for building a music <laughs> career um but um she was you know very understanding of the fact that my music was progressing and growing and you know i would need more time um and worked with me to like uh transition my role into something that was more uh uh, remote and you know I'm only in the office Monday and Tuesday nights now um, and uh, so that's been you know the only reason that I've been able to like get out and start playing my stuff everywhere right. so that's that's been a big help as well yeah cool alright well that is uh, Reese Fulmer of Reese Fulmer and the Carriage House Band I am Andy Scullin this is Unsigned 518 and I'll see you on the road Unsigned 518 is produced in conjunction with Nippertown. You can find new episodes here every week on nippertown.com. If you are a band or musician in the 518 area code and would like to be on Unsigned 518, shoot me an email at unsigned518 at gmail.com. I'm your host, Andy Scullin. I'll be back next week with another episode of Unsigned 518. Thanks for listening.